This week's podcast brought to you by Bingo, Bango, Bongo, and Irving. Our soon-to-be 10-year-old got a birthday card this week from her grandpa, my dad, and it had cash in it. And after opening it uh, and reveling in the cold, hard cash for a while, she came into the kitchen with a $20 bill in her hand and said, I thought of something Rolled Doll might say. Money's only good for two things, buying books and using it for a bookmark. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane I'm just going to start recording, otherwise I'm at risk of falling asleep. The 3.30 a.m. wake up has me a little bit uh, a little bit tired. Well, but what did you do after you woke up at 3.30? I stared into the abyss for anywhere from 10 to 90 minutes, I'm not sure. I think I'm going to um, challenge that memory of yours because at like 3.15, I was awakened by the puppy who still sleeps in our room. Um, and she clearly, like she woke me up at one something. And I like, but I could tell, I thought she was going to go back to sleep. She did. And then at like 3.15, she woke up, she woke me up and she clearly needed to go outside. So I brought her downstairs, went outside with her and our bigger dog. I had a hard hard time getting our bigger dog back into the house the bigger dog went out at the same time as the smaller dog in yes. the middle of the night she always does to sympathy tinkle or? she always does it when when our when the littler dog couldn't go through the night without going outside every single time i would bring the puppy downstairs our older dog would always wake up come downstairs and she wasn't even in the same room she was in the other side of the house she would come down and go outside with the puppy she would not let the puppy be outside at night without her. So she still does that. I, I, I'm resisting the, uh, I'm sure, outdated cliche of women going to the bathroom at the same time together. <laughs> they both are female dogs. So, <clears throat> no, and, but, and we still, women still do that. Although that was pre-COVID. I don't think anyone wants to be in the bathroom when anyone else is in there these days. Anyway, so I'm outside with the dogs, which just as an aside, it was a beautiful, beautiful night. It wasn't all that cold. It was cool. But the sky was clear and the stars were so incredibly bright. I would have preferred to have been asleep and not seeing this, but since I had to be awake with the dogs, it was a nice thing to see. And then we had a, I had a hard time getting our, our older dog in. And, and now it's like 3.30 at this point in the morning. And maybe this is what woke you up, is me yelling for our older dog to come in, but like sort of whisper yelling because I'm trying to call her from across the yard, but it's... 3.30 in the morning, so I don't want to be waking up any of our neighbors hearing me yelling outside at that early time. So anyway, eventually, she came inside. She went back to her bed. Our you puppy. were wearing one of those dog baby Bjorns, right? <laughs> truss her up and yeah. carry her in. And uh, I put our our, our uh, puppy back on her bed, and um, then she went to sleep. But then I couldn't fall asleep, and I'm certain when I came up and I was laying there for a while and couldn't go to sleep I'm certain you were asleep so that's why I think your your mental clock of when you are up in the morning might be slightly off anyway when I woke up this morning I too was slightly lethargic <laughs> but now I'm ready to tackle the day <laughs> uh, I'm now fully lethargic <laughs> after listening to that and you are sitting down. And like, have already been tackled by the day. I am I am in a short sleeve. An illegal horse collar tackle. <laughs> I'm in a short sleeve, and you're in your puffy coat. Like, are you cold? I suppose you must have been, or else you wouldn't have put on your puffy coat. And I, in my nightgown and pa in his cap, had just settled down. <laughs> For a mid-afternoon nap. Yes. Is that what the next line would be? I don't know. So, uh, anyway, I, I, I'll have to check and see, like, why the sky was so beautiful last night? I didn't. I couldn't find Maybe the moon. Maybe it's that beautiful every night at three thirty a.m. You just no. have the for good fortune not to see it. And but and I looked where I normally when we have a nice moon, 
I looked where the nice moon would normally be, but of course that's the 10 o'clock moon and it's not there anymore. And I didn't quite know where in the sky to look for the 3.30 moon and I just didn't have the energy for it either. So instead I just looked up at the beautiful stars. Um, but maybe The moon it was a changes moon. position in the sky over the course of five hours? Sure. I didn't know the, that. Well, yeah, because I think so, doesn't it? The moon, like the moon's rise not the moon always sets? The moon's not always in the same place in the sky. Is it? No, but in the span of a few hours, I don't know. Well, that'd be like in the span of five hours. I would think so. I don't know. Maybe that's not true either. Maybe the moon was in the same place and I just didn't see it. But um, I don't know. Anyway, we're both a little bit tired. The kids are in school, except for our freshmen in high school, because today is the day that the upperclassmen take the PSATs and the SATs. And so the freshmen just get to have a day off. <laughs> Do you remember so, taking your SAT? I remember taking I remember taking my PSAT. I actually took the SAT when I was in seventh grade. I don't know why. It was part of some program at our at our school, some after school program. And then yes, I do vaguely remember taking the SAT when I was in high school too. But we didn't take it um, at our high school. We took it. You know, you went to some testing site somewhere and and took it. But I didn't like. I don't know about you, but we never had um, like SAT tutors. You just, and even in school, I don't remember. You don't ever. know about me. Of course huh? I didn't have an SAT tutor. SAT tutor. And like, and I don't know, I mean, I don't think, I don't, I didn't have any friends who had SAT tutors. I don't even remember in class our English teacher or our math teacher doing things to prep us for the SAT. They just taught us. <laughs> Imagine that. They just taught us math or taught us English or taught us whatever. And then you went and took the SAT but there was also when we were kids I mean at least when I was a kid in high school like there was no standardized testing the only standardized test in those days was the PSAT or the SAT right am I remembering that correctly? There was the ACT I took the ACT right right but I'm saying there wasn't like they have now yearly standardized testing in school so teachers couldn't teach to the test because there was no test to teach to they just taught. But you still filled in little bubbles with number two pencils that had pencils down and bring two number two pencils. Of course you yeah, did. You definitely yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I guess my, maybe those were standardized tests. That then. answers my second question, which is, were you stressed out when you were taking tests? Apparently not. I, I probably was. I don't, it was a long time ago, so I don't remember. Um, did you have blue book anxiety? No, and this is, I suppose this is a bad way to look at it, but by the time I took my SATs when I was a senior, I knew I, I was, was already getting in any college that no, I No, 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 I know, but I did know that I was going to play basketball in college, so I knew that my, <laughs> I knew that I had to get a certain score, and I did well, um, but I, I wasn't completely stressed out about it because I knew basketball was would be the thing that could help me get into a school more than my SAT score. Were you wearing a headband, a basketball uniform, <laughs> chewing gum and pulling up the chair backwards uh, to the desk and, and saying, yo, Mr. Smith, I'm going to college on a full ride. And then you <laughs> what, crumpled up the blue book and, and what threw it, shot it at the wastebasket. This is the movie of your life that I'm imagining now. No. No, no one, like, it's not like anyone cared about girls basketball then. I just knew that the people who recruited me cared. But but I, I shouldn't diminish it that way. Like, I cared. I, I did well on my SAT. I cared about taking the SAT. My parents very much cared about it. Um, but I don't remember having a ton of anxiety about it. Did you? Uh, I, d- I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't remember I mean, no more than your tests. normal probably anxiety at that age. Yeah, I had anxiety about everything. And as far as, I also didn't have any friends who had SAT tutors, nor any friends. <laughs> but um, that reminds me of this talk of childhood when my childhood hero, Joe Morgan, of the Cincinnati Reds second baseman, died this week at age 77. I had his poster on my bedroom wall that my cousins in Cincinnati had sent, probably in 1975, um, when the Reds were great, and he was a two-time back-to-back MVP. And it made me think that the posters on my wall then were Joe Morgan, Fran Tarkenton, Julia Serving, and this was another Christmas present, Pigs in Space. 
<laughs> was that a, was that from like a book club order or was that an actual poster that somebody no, it was a big pigs you? in space. I mean, remember this was the golden age of posters when you would buy posters, you know, in the in the yeah. little plastic oh, tube. Yes, and and. They cost real money. They're like ten bucks. I think they were eight dollars because I had nine ninety five, eight ninety five. I have like that. distinct memories of going into Foot Locker or Champs or what, any of those shoe stores, the sporting goods. Why stores. Why aren't they still a thing? I don't know. And going to the it was all, at least the ones I went to in the mall. Um, I would walk right past the sneakers because I never had enough money for the sneakers, and then would walk to the back where they had those big. What were they even? And they had the posters hanging in them, and they're like. Yeah, oh, where or, you could you could flip the yeah, rack, you'd yeah. Flip them and they'd bang. Yeah, they still have those at Instant Karma and Orleans Mass Rock and Roll and, posters. Uh, but. And there would be the the sports posters, and then some stores would have like you know music posters, but would also have the sports posters. I had um, we were all sported out. My sister and I shared a room. I had a, a Converse poster that I think I got when I was out in Colorado at a USA Basketball tryout because it was Ann Donovan. Teresa Edwards, gosh, and um, and there was a third player on there, I think, in their Converse USA basketball uniforms, like standing there. And I just remember Teresa Edwards, who would later be my teammate on the Olympic team in 1996. She has this distinctive scar on her on her forehead, and I just remember like looking at that as this poster was hanging on my wall as a kid. I had a Larry Bird poster. My brother had the great Nike posters, though. He had the um, Iceman. Uh, yeah. George Gervin yeah, poster. sitting on the block of ice. The, yeah, the Moses Malone and the, sitting and the on. the awesome sweatsuit. Yeah, yeah, and the Moses Malone sitting on the throne. Um, Chairman of the boards. Yeah, but I was totally into those um, those basketball posters too. And then in our basement, our, it was an unfinished basement, but my sister, that's where she would hang up like the pictures from Bop magazine or whatever. Like we had a Kirk Cameron picture hanging up down there and I don't know. Michael J. Fox, whoever it would have been in that those days, and, and those, but she didn't like buy those posters. Those ones you just take out of the, out of the magazine. We had a, a National Lampoon poster. Are you a nerd? Signs if you are a nerd in the basement that I think we got for Christmas. And my parents obviously had never read it because it had all kinds of inappropriate stuff on it. But that hung in our basement forever. Are you a nerd? And then we had pictures that we had cut out of Goal magazine. Goal was the official program of the National Hockey League. So if you would go to a North Stars game, which was a rare event, but at some point somebody was going to a North Stars game on a semi-regular enough basis, and we would cut out pictures of Bobby Clark and uh, Yvonne Cornwaye, and, and, and those hung in the basement near the hockey equipment. I wonder if, like, do people still do that? Because I, I remember, too, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but being in uh, seventh or eighth grade, and um, the Sports Illustrated college basketball preview issue had uh, a story on Cheryl Miller, and, and, and SI in those days never covered women's basketball, at least that I remember, or I would have been all over it. And I remember cutting out meticulously like all the pictures from that article of Cheryl Miller, and they were hanging in my school locker. Like, you know, do kids still do that? I mean, I do know kids not, still hang pictures in the school locker? Yeah, I mean, People don't really get magazines like they used to. But I picture um, you rolling up to your school locker, headband, basketball <laughs> uniform, high tops, tongue flopped out of the high tops, chewing gum and opening your locker, and there's pictures of Cheryl Miller and like a big brush falls out. And No, instead you have to picture like the kid who is in like the pegged, you know, the pants that were pegged at the bottom, big permed huge hair, comb. braces, super shy, like slouched over a little bit, like... Uh, quietly opening my locker, pulling out my books to go to the next class. That would be the more accurate. <laughs> trying to I'm, disappear. I'm, I am sort of fascinated by this try, vision try. of me as like a 12-year-old bully. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I see, I see the, the, the long camera angle down the hallway of the sea of middle school kids sort of bobbing like a river and then Rising four feet above it, the, the, the prow of your, of your, a my, Viking ship. It, well, that would be my hall. hair. Yes, that been yeah, the, your Eddie Van Halen tribute hair. Exactly. The, 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 the late Eddie Van Halen, and um, but it wasn't like that. You were trying to disappear, while uh, probably like while most the tall, tall, tall girl, extraordinarily tall girls at that age. Yeah, trying to like slouch yourself into into oblivion it's interesting even our our 15 year old who's about 
well, she varies. She's a between six feet and six two, depending, depending on, her, on posture. her posture. And it's it's remarkable because she'll just be walking around the kitchen. I'll say, come here, stand next to me. And then when she stands next to me, she like stands upright and we are literally eye to eye. But most of the time, she's somewhere else. She's somewhere between and not looking ridiculous, just like she how has, she's she learned has, to lean and sort of fold herself into. Well, you and I have audience. said that of each other, having a good or bad height day. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and and these days I think gravity is is working overtime, on all of us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, we have a picture, um, our, the most recent picture of the three of us. Yumi and our oldest was at her confirmation a couple weeks ago, and she was wearing sandals that had the slightest heel. But in the picture, that slight heel and the fact that she was standing up tall, like we are literally the exact same height. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, when the heck did this happen? <laughs> Well, from posters, which are inanimate representations of a, of a living being, let's stay in that same theme and go to statues. Last oh. week, when we, when we last left our, our viewers in a cliffhanger. They no, were, I told them about the heartbreak. But no, you were, the you, they, had, they had packed up a couple of statues. But the next day after we oh, recorded, right. you were nevertheless going to see yes, our the daughter, remaining statues while they remain. Our daughter was hopeful that they were... That, that one statue was just being stolen and that they weren't taking them away. So I uh, brought her to school, and on the way to school, we saw the statues were there. And so the plan was, all right, I'm going to pick you up from school, and we're going to go see the rest of the statues. And so when I picked her up from school, she immediately came out to the car, and she said, Senora, who's the Spanish teacher at school, Senora said they've taken the statues away. And so... We drove away, and yes, the statue that had been there that morning was no longer there. All the statues had been removed. So the question is, should I have just brought her to school late that day and uh, taken her to see the statues, or maybe I just should have planned better since they were here for a few months? They apparently removed all the statues like like they moved the uh, Colts out of Baltimore in the middle of the night. Had you been up at 3.30 that morning, That's right. you might have apprehended them. Even better, we could have gone to a statue parade. We could just gone sat somewhere and watched all these flatbed trucks with bales of hay going by with the the statues in them. It wasn't the only uh, purloined commodity in that town this week. You sent me on uh, two wild goose chases yesterday. I remember this. Well, this was yesterday, so let me let me let me refresh your memory, Congresswoman. Uh, you came home from the grocery. I helped you unpack the car, uh, as I always do. Yeah. And when you loaded all the groceries into their appropriate cubby holes, you said, where's the turkey and cheese and the blueberries? I packed them. Did you bring them, put them in the car? Yes. Do you remember putting them from the cart into the car? I'm sure I did. Look in the van again. I looked repeatedly. I did a hard target search of every outhouse, penthouse, henhouse in a tri-county area, found nothing. And then you called the grocery and asked if a tall, shy, girl with self-effacing girl here. with Eddie Van Halen left, left her groceries on the belt. And they said, yes, in fact. See, this is partially true. And, and if there was a belt, they wouldn't have been left there. So... I went to the grocery, I did our weekly shopping, so I had a very full cart, and then I went and stood in line, and they only had one line open where there was actually a human being scanning the groceries, so I went to one of the self-scan places. Well, there's no belt. There's this little area where you scan your groceries, and then you have to figure out where to put it while you bag it. So I have bags open, I'm scanning groceries, I'm putting them in the bags, and then at the very end, once I get all the groceries out of the cart and have they've been scanned and I put them in the bag, now I can put the bags back in the cart. There's no there's no belt. If there is a belt, you could put them on the belt. There's no belt. So it's sends a belt. <laughs> yes. And so I then ha- put what I thought were all the grocery bags back in the cart with grocery bags on top of other grocery bags. These are not like the plastic ones. These are the you know the reusable one grocery bags and then I leave and apparently I had there was one packed bag of groceries that I had not put in the cart that I had left on the floor and that's the one that had the turkey and the cheese 
and the blueberries and a variety and, of, they, and the salad or the lettuce and like all it was basically all the produce so and, I then, home. and then somebody from the store didn't they tell you return them to their no no I so I called and just said I was just there I and did self-checkout I think I left and the woman interrupted me and she said yes a bag full of groceries and I said yes can she I? couldn't have said that with delight because said, that's can, a pain for them well right? I said can I come back and get them and she said since it was their perishables we've already re- put them all back where they go but we have your receipt so when you come in either we will shop for you or you can just go get them so anyway but, but later how are you going to do day, that if the turkey was $5.42 on well, 1.389 exactly. pounds exactly so I, when i went back she gave she said you know we trust you just here's the receipt and so i went and the turkey, I couldn't find one that was like even close to the same price. So I got a package of the deli turkey that was a dollar less and then but was able to find a thing of cheese that was a dollar more. So it all evened out. But yeah, so I'm back in like the produce is the stuff that's a pain. You're bagging up the lettuce or 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 whatever else that I had gotten and then putting it all in. Like it's easy if it's chips or a box of cereal, but anyway. We do have they the groceries. Trusting you as, as their store policy, or do they trust you in particular? Do they just like the cut of your jib? About, no, what? no, no. Like she, she said to me, she said, "We can either go do it for you, or you can do it." And I said, "I said, oh, well, I'll just do it." I said, "Do you want me to then bring the stuff back here to customer service?" And she said, "She's like, no, just try to get like close to the same weight or whatever." No, I don't think it was me. I think they would have been anybody. They didn't want to deal with that nonsense, and it was just be it few cents here and a few cents there that would have been different but um it was a little bit of a nuisance for both them and me but completely completely my fault i had my own uh, shopping fiasco this week i was driving back from uh dropping our daughters at high school and in the evening i think that's where i was coming from yeah dropping off at volleyball and you told me that You'd order the pizza that would be ready at 5:45, and I found myself with 10 minutes to kill. So I stopped at the at the um, stopped to pick up two six packs of beer. And as I was carrying them to the counter, one of the cans fell out of one of the six packs. And so the lady at the counter said, "Oh, let me put those in a bag for you." So she got a paper bag, stacked the two six packs on one on top of the other folded over the top of the bag and I carried it out to the car, put it in the seat behind the driver's, put it on the floor of the seat behind the driver's seat and drove 10 minutes to the pizza place. I know when I pulled out of that liquor store lot that uh, the bag tipped over, I could hear it. But it wasn't until I got to the pizza place that I went to put the bag upright. And when I turned in my seat to put the bag upright, I noticed that, well, I couldn't help but notice that uh, there was a, a fine mist of beer spraying all over the back of my car from the floor and I, I looked it took some tree it took some uh medical examining there were holes in two different cans of beer little pinholes i don't know how when they tipped over this happened if the aluminum shortage has us using cheaper aluminum or what but they were just spraying two different cans a fine mist of beer all over the back of the car, the car seats, the back of the of the um, driver's seat. And so I got out of the car. This is a, a busy parking lot with a lot of senior citizens going in to, to get their uh, dinner for the night. And I, the only thing I could do to stop this these cans from spraying beer on the interior of my car was pop the tops, which I did. Now I've got two full beers, not two full beers, two half full beers, um, I emptied out into the parking lot, and uh, after I did that I'd, and gotten the pizzas, I had nothing to clean myself up with, or the car with for that matter, and I had beer all over my hands. Now it's all over the steering wheel and all over the back of my car. It was like the prom scene in Carrie, except with IPA. And, uh, and I drove home in some discomfort, uh, going three miles under the speed limit and using my turn signal uh, miles before I had to turn because if I had gotten pulled over, I would have just had to just had to hold my hands together and, and tell them to cuff me. Because you and the car reeked of beer. I was so, covered in beer. The car reeked of beer. There were two 
I, I had no place to throw the empty beer cans, so they were still in the car. And it was it was an unbelievable fiasco, and I'm still not entirely sure how it happened. Um, I'm not proud of this fact, but the whole time you're telling this story, all I'm thinking about is who puts the six-pack of beer in the seat behind them? Like, of course, if you're the only one in the car, you put it on the floor of the passenger side so that if it tips over, you can just, like, right the ship and stand it back up. Like, There's no need, anytime, there's no need to right the ship. Who cares if it's lying on its side? Who? How, how could it... I still not. I still don't know how it, two cans punctured. Something, don't you just put it in the, like, passenger side floor so that, whether it's groceries or whatever, so that you can sort of at least have your the corner of your eye on it? If you put it in the seat behind you, you never know what's going to happen. Well... Uh, Clearly. <laughs> I mean, there was no chance of this happening. I haven't driven And yet it happened. Since this happens, does it well, still Well, I drove home. I, I, I took the floor mats out. I rolled down the windows. I hosed down the, the floor mats. Put but, the puppy in and let her go to town. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, no, I mean, it was, uh, it, it was redolent of Berkshire Brewing Company steel rail for a couple of days, obviously. But I think now either I've gotten used to it or it's gone. So anyway, clearly I don't make good decisions. <laughs> clearly. Are you guys serious about this stuff? As a Rebecca Lobo set shot. Glass! Well, that brings me to, um, we're watching television the other night, and um, I don't remember at all what question our nine-year-old asked, but she asked... I think it had to do with dessert. Yeah, may, may have, of uh, what she could have for dessert or whatever. And... Um, she was standing in front of the both of us. You and I were both sitting on the couch when she asked the question about dessert or whatever it was. And then while you were trying to decide what to tell her, she said out loud, Mom made the dad's not the decision maker face. <laughs> and I know that face. And you oh, probably do too. I know that face. Because it was probably you know what you that face her, is? It was probably you, you know telling what that her, face is? What is that face? It's your face. <laughs> it was probably you telling her, yeah, sure, you can have the, your fifth dessert with yes, ice cream on top exactly, of a cookie. That's exactly what I was and, saying. Uh, and instead, I was making the dad's not the decision maker face. <laughs> I love that she recognized both recognized it and articulated it. When when the priest said, do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? You were making that face at him. <laughs> I may have been. I couldn't believe that just recently I told our daughter, our oldest, she hadn't heard this story. I don't. I don't know what mishap had occurred with you. And um, I said to her, I said, Siobhan, have I ever told you what? Uh, you know, the first thing I said to Dad at our wedding. And she said, No. I said, Well, Dampa walked me down the aisle, put my hand in your father's hand, and the first thing I said to your father while we were standing there at the aisle was, You're standing on my dress because you were. <laughs> and she uh, and, and she I- got a she got a kick out of that, especially since. She's grown up knowing you. And, and knowing I've been you doing that, that, that accurate. metaphorically. I've been doing that ever since. Yes, you've been standing on my dress ever since. Shall we get to viewer mail? Let's get to viewer mail. By the way, I've, I've just deleted four spams that, um, that were all addressed to, to... To Ball? To Ball. None to Chain, but we have um, Hello Ball, Good Morning Ball, and two Good Afternoon Balls. <laughs> so... Do we have any good evening balls? We don't have any good. Well, I I, I don't know. We've got what, good what, morning what, balls and good afternoon balls. Yes, that's uh, if you have that's, those, you should that's really the new, um, see your physician. That's the new ch- children's story. Good night balls. Yes. <laughs> In the great <laughs> green room, there was a telephone and a red balloon. Right? Did you see last night a cow jumping over the moon? Oh, I wish I had. It, it was. And a quiet, somewhere else in the sky. And a quiet old man whispering, hush, <laughs> as you were calling the dogs. Well, let's get to viewer mail. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Uh, Scott, with two T's, writes, Dear Chain. There we he go. He really does. Thank you, Scott. Dear Chain, finally, Chain gets some love. Dear Chain, your discussion of various beer slogans reminded me of Walter's beer served in seven-ounce bottles when I was at the University of Wisconsin in the early to mid-'80s. Their slogan, the beer that is beer. The beer that is beer. That the was beer slogan. that is beer. 
Probably probably for legal reasons, they couldn't even say that. Love the podcast. Scott in Glastonbury. I wonder if Scott knows Denise in Glastonbury, a resident, a resident birder. Bird, perhaps. The beard that is beer. I think the, the last uh, great phone-it-in beer slogan was, Why Ask Why? Do you know the rest of this, Rebecca? Something dry. Was it Bud Dry? Why ask why? Try Bud Dry. Does Bud Dry still exist? No, no, no. No. You, do you know why it doesn't exist anymore? It's terrible. No. People one tried started it. asking why. <laughs> don't worry your pretty little. Don't worry your pretty little head as to what's good about this beer. The answer is nothing. Just try it. All right. Why ask why? All right. Why trouble yourself with that? But. The beer that is beer is, is is pretty good, I have to say. Ah, Debbie writes, Hi, Rebecca and Steve. So sad you're missing the statues. We stopped at Andy's Italian Kitchen on Saturday in Simsbury, the mm-hmm. town of said statues. My husband, Jim, decided he should grab his guitar and join the statues. Not as good as in person, but hope you enjoy anyway. Uh, Debbie, hope to be your resident mask masker. I'm sorry. Hope to be your resident mask maker. 2100 so far for the Farmington Valley. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah, that's great. And here's a picture of, of Debbie's husband, Jim, uh, rocking out with a two mariachi band statues. Are the, those the ones that were Those were ones done? that the, formerly at, in front of Andy's Italian kitchen. Those, I think, were the ones that the Spanish teacher was lamenting were now gone. Yeah. In fact, he's standing in front of Subway next to Andy's Italian kitchen. But, um, but spectacular statues. Our daughter would have loved Love she did see those. And, and and since she turns 10 tomorrow, her double-digit birthday. Oh, tomorrow, not as we record this, but tomorrow as people hear this. You know her birthday's Friday, right? I know her birthday's Friday. I thought today was Thursday. Today's actually Today's Wednesday. Wednesday. So when she turns double digits two days from now, she'll never have this, uh, this uh, age again where she can, with unfettered delight, visit the statues. So. She, when she got out of the car this morning at school... As she's grabbing her backpack and like her backpack's still in the car, but her body's out of the car. She just turned back and looked at me and said, my last Wednesday as a nine-year-old made me a little sad. This is our, these are our last two days with a child in single digits in our house, age-wise. Well, she got a, she got a birthday card yesterday that she opened from her grandpa, my dad, Papa, who wrote in the card, you know, happy Double-digit birthday from now on. All your birthdays will be double-digit birthdays. And when she read that, she said to me, not if I turn, not if I live to be 100, which I plan to do. <laughs> Is that what she said? Yes. Good for her. I plan for her to live to 100 Absolutely. as well. So not sure how you plan for that, but I'm glad she's planning ahead. John writes, if you can't get enough of robots in your local grocery store, and frankly, who can? You can now take a plush version of that robot home with you. Marty, the giant food store robot. Not not the giant robot, the giant food store. You know, the chain giant. Oh, they have food a store Marty? Ro- they have a Marty. And not only do they have a Marty, but look at this. Look at this. Stuffed animal Martys. Ooh, ooh. Souvenir Martys. It's ooh, the same Marty. It's daughter. the same Marty as the Stop and Shop Marty. Yeah, they're all same. The same name, right. Marty. Is Giant and Stop and Shop part of the same same corporate conglomerate? I don't know. Uh, heck if I know. So our, our Stop and they Shop. They are terrifying, but our, look. Our Stop and Shop ha- is, has been, what would you, how would you describe it? They've been. Our Stop and Shop, how would I describe it? What, what they've been doing. They've been. Been rearranging the furniture, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, that's an easy way to describe it. They've been rearranging the just, food, the just food down, furniture. Just down the street, uh, their their uh, rival. bitter rival, Big, Big y. y, is opening up a. Superstore. Yeah, early November, they're opening up a brand new supermarket, and so our. I mean, it's finished, and it's they're landscaping, and it's it's and filling it with goodies, putting in stoplights and, and all kinds so of our stop crazy and shop, stuff. Like, has completely had a transformation over the course of the past four weeks, which is great, except for the fact that I now can't find anything, and like the whole reason people go to the same grocery store over and over, because we have quite a few options actually for the small town we live in of grocery stores to go to. The reason, I, I at least the reason I continue to go to the same grocery store, one is I really like the people who work there, but I like the people who work in the other grocery stores too. But mainly, I know where the stuff is. Like when I make my list, I write it down in the order of the aisles so that I can just, as I go through and put the stuff in my cart, I cross it off all in order. And like, I, 
I don't have to go searching for anything because well, I know where everything is. When you go back to the grocery to retrieve the turkey and cheese and blueberries that you left there the first time, you know, know exactly where, where to go. I know where they are. Well, now that they've given the Stop and Shop a facelift, like stuff is stuff that used to be in aisle one is now in the middle of the store. They've added a refrigerated case to the middle of the store, which just used to be like wrapping paper and stuff. So anyway, I've it takes me longer at the grocery store than it used to. And of course, it's just going to take time. I will re- relearn the store, but it's a smidge frustrating. It's because especially there's a couple items that I finally discovered where they were. Like I actually used to get them at other places because I didn't think they had them at Stop and Shop. And then I finally discovered where they were. And now I have to rediscover it all. And they've switched that store, as our as our youngest daughter pointed out, they've switched that store from its previously kind of uh, organic, uh, uh, Color natural scheme, yeah. uh, logo. I'm talking on the outside. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember what it was, but it had something to do it with purple something that was growing, I think, yes. And now yeah. it's... They've gone to their uh, a red light and green light stop and shop logo, and it's sort of and it's brutal. got black surrounding it. It's very it's it's, it's more harsh. It, well, it, it's more of an order: stop yes. and shop. Stop Here's and a red shop, light. Right. Stop. Yes. Shop. Why and ask roll. why? Try yes. bud dry. Yes. Stop here. Shop here. Then beat it, pal. Yeah, and and you better not leave your groceries, or we'll put them back on the shelf. Um, well, I yeah, think they were doing you a service there, but they were. Definitely has a different vibe. And I was actually talking to a friend of ours, and he had a great idea. And it's something I've thought about in the past, too. And, and, and I'm I sure hope, Marty is turning evil and is about to take yeah. over. <laughs> and I hope it's all right that I'm going to share this here because our, our friend was saying he has this great idea for an app. And I love the idea for this app. You just go in, you make your grocery list, and then depending on the store you're going to, then you just like click whichever store you're going to, and it puts it in order and tells you exactly which aisle all those things are in. So you don't even in your brain have to have them in order. You can say like ice cream and produce and cereal and just put them all in and the app itself, boom. All right. If you're going to, you know, shop right, they're here. If you're going to stop and shop, they're here. If you're going to Big Y, they're in this aisle. Like, isn't that a great idea? And then maybe there'd be a way like you could also have like the coupons connected. So if there's an item on sale, you would know that too. And that you don't grocery shop, so you're looking at me like, why, no, no, why no, are no, you getting excited about this? Anyway, uh, I can see our that friend I'm... Brian was telling me this. I'm like, I completely, that would be an app I would use regularly. Uh, so uh, if you're a coder, get out there and uh, put that thing together. I do like to uh, just sort of aimlessly wander the aisles, uh, snaking up and down various aisles and seeing what I what I need, what I didn't know I needed. Yeah. Well, and we've talked about this before, too. Like, it's so disingenuous and misleading when you look up at the thing hanging and it tells you what's in that aisle. Well, it says beans. Yeah, but the beans, the legumes are in this aisle. The green beans are in a different aisle. Like, it's no, all... No, I'm, I'm always amazed at how crazy. there's like seven items on those signs, and yet it, it embraces everything that's in that aisle somehow. But I, no. I've, I've seldom been stumped by not seeing something on the sign or at least you know, knowing. Well, that's just because of the limited things that you go to the store for. Like you don't ever make a big list. And well, like, I've only ever gone to the aisle that says snacks yeah, like, or, or soft or drinks. Or cereal or, you know, like you get the. I've been told if you shop, shop only the interior, that, that the best food is <laughs> the interior aisles and the end caps. Right. Or anything that's for sale at the point of purchase. Right. The checkout line. That That is your diet. Yes. Um, speaking of shopping, Julie writes, hello, Rebecca and Steve. This is Julie, as she signs her email, Julie without an E, so J-U-L-I. Okay. Hello, Rebecca and Steve. I enjoyed hearing about Rebecca's memories of eating Fig Newtons with her mom growing up. I also enjoyed Fig Newtons as a child. Yes, Julie. Thank you. Apparently not as an adult, though, because okay, do, as do long we as lose she enjoyed the, the... them at some point. We still have that container that being Fig said, Newtons, by the way. Pardon? No one's eaten a single no one of those fig newtons. That being said, I did struggle with what was a fig. Multiple times, along with my sister, we would ask my mother what was in a fig newton. She would tell us figs, in which we would respond. To which we would respond, "No, what's in a fig newton?" Apparently, we thought fig newton was just a name, and a fig wasn't a real thing to put in a cookie. Well, of course, we would think fig newton. Remember Juice Newton, the singer? It's a heartache. Is he related to heartache. Olivia Newton? He, she. Oh. It, this wasn't Orrin Juice Jones. This was... Juice Newton? Huh? 
Juice Newton. I don't remember Juice Newton. Oh, Danny, play a snippet of It's a Heartache. It was a big hit. It's a heartache. Uh, voice, smoke cured. Was she related voice. to Olivia Newton? John? This wasn't this wasn't Juice Newton John. Well, but was wasn't Olivia no, Newton John Olivia Newton at some point? Why would you ask if it was related to Sir Isaac Newton? I mean, it's well, just a Newton. If they're Nate both Newton singers of the, Dallas of the Cowboys. same generation. They're not, well, uh, anyway, go. Apparently, we thought Fig Newton was just a name and a fig wasn't a real thing to put in a cookie. Eventually, we figured out that a fig was, in fact, a fruit and was the filling inside. At 29 years old, I still sometimes say to my family, what's in a Fig Newton to laugh and bring up this confusing memory? Love the podcast. Julie without an E. Thank you, Julie. Julie without an E. Please, for Christmas or whatever you celebrate, um in the holiday season give each one of your family members a, a little box of fig newtons or 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 half a box of fig or, newtons or we've got one fig. here yeah <laughs> the shelf life uh, won't be an issue when do you give somebody a fig leaf is that like as a sign of peace i think that those are doves are they? Oh. oh a fig leaf yes fig a fig leaf. A, fi- a fig leaf covers your nakedness in in the garden of eden oh. a a um, an olive branch <laughs> Is what you're right. thinking of. Okay. Well, so maybe for, forget that metaphor. <laughs> yes. I, uh, somebody extended me. Could somebody a in the Middle East please Newton. extend a Fig Newton? The Fig Newton of peace. My, or to cover my nakedness. Yes. If you can cover your nakedness with a Fig Newton. <laughs> oh, anyway, moving All on. Right, moving on. Dear Stephen Rebecca, greetings from Tokyo, Japan. Well, yeah. Oh, is this uh, Michael? Where? Where in Tokyo, Japan, Michael? <laughs> Anybody can say greetings from Tokyo. Ah, generally. And Higashi Kitazawa specifically. Well, thank you. That oh, was, was easy enough to was say. I was going to make you continue No, no. Higashi Kitazawa is stop numero seis on the Odakiyu line and is the calm and quiet neighbor to the decidedly hip and happening Shimo Kitazawa. Did he just... Throw some Spanish in there. It's uh, stop he numero did. seis. I can count to uh, to five in Japanese. <laughs> I can, but I can't. I don't know what six is. Seis. Ichi ni san. Si- oh, in Japanese. Ichi ni san shigo. Yes, but I, I I don't know what six is. I suppose I could look it up. As always, I hope this finds you well. But I, I don't think it's seis. This slight missive is to extend my thanks to your daughter. As this past week, I borrowed her boohoo's and woohoo's and used it with my students. Nice. Our daughter has an influence in the uh, in the Orient. After is Japan re- the Orient? It after, is, right? Yes. Okay. After reading a Mo Willems book to my class, I asked the masses if the story was a boohoo or a woohoo. My lovely pre-K bunch responded with a resounding, a woohoo. <laughs> it was hilarious and perfect. So, woohoo, kudos to your daughter for her excellent wit and wordplay. Uh, Michael, I would I would say, so, buku woohoos. <laughs> to my daughter, but I, I will extend your woohoo kudos. I will extend buku woohoo kudos to our daughter. Uh, please stay happy and healthy. I remain Michael. Michael, now we know Michael is in Higashi Kitazawa. Are you going to be able to sleep better? Now you will no longer be up at 3.30 now that you know but, where but Michael I, is. I, I still wonder Tokyo. if Michael has been to the Tony Romo's in Shinjuku yet. <laughs> if not, he should get on that. Hey, you guys, writes Tom. Uh, hey, you guys, I assume this is a callback to the electric company, the beginning hey of the... the you guys. So I always thought that the line from the theme song was six of us in a family van, and now I learn it's actually six of us in a family pet. It's not the first thing I've gotten wrong in the lyrics. For a while, I thought the closing line was, it's hot as hell right here on Happiness Lane. <laughs> it's hot as hell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. I kind of like it's hot as hell. I just love that this song has misconstrued... Right. Lines like every great pop song. Six of us in the family van. <laughs> it's hot as hell right here on Happiness Lane. It's I like true, that better, true. actually. I Do think. you like that? <laughs> That's Tom in Clayton, Missouri, formerly Tom in St. Louis. I haven't moved. I'm just giving my actual city of residence some pub rather than the region. So I think I've started something now. I think you have. I, I, now, I now wonder where all of our, our viewers are from. Uh, uh, Dr. Siegel in, in Atlanta is really probably Dr. Siegel in... And uh, and I can't even can't even think now of an Atlanta suburb. But um, Buckhead is Buckhead. In no, Atlanta Buckhead suburb? is in Atlanta. Oh, but um, but anyway, uh, let's let's get that trend going. Kurt writes. Uh, Kurt with a K writes. 
Dear Mr. and Mrs. Chain, as your resident photon wrangler, I was diligently listening to the latest episode, Boohoo's, Woohoo's, and Yahoo's, when I heard something that might allow me to double my resident portfolio with a corresponding increase in salary, a brief discussion of the theme song to Gilligan's Island, which I am, of course, uh, am, uh, presently working on in my piano book. I have right. piano today, and I'll be playing the theme to Gilligan's Island for, for my instructor, who, who informs me that nobody there knows who or what Gilligan's Island was, nor its theme, because, of course, they're all younger than 80. Right, right. If it's allowed, I'd like to submit my name as the podcast resident Gilligan's expert. Absolutely. Uh, as part of my application, allow me to share the following about the theme. The song we know and love wasn't the original theme. The original theme was written by composer John Williams with the Calypso sound. You can listen here, and there's a link. The John, John Williams, Williams the? of Star Wars and, and, and Indiana Jones and, and Superman and everything John else. John Williams worked in Calypso? That's your question? Not John Williams wrote the original theme to Gilligan's well, Island? Yes, that was my first wow, and then I immediately went to the Calypso. Series creator Sherwood Schwartz decided a different song, more descriptive of the series, would be better, and worked with George Weil, or Wiley, W-Y-L-E, to create what we now know today. Also, the band credited with singing the theme named The Castaways, and the credits would later appear on an episode as the band The Mosquitoes. Bingo, bango, bongo, and Irving. Bingo, bango, bongo, and Irving. That was a catchphrase of my high school friends and mine. Bingo, bango, bongo, and Irving were the mosquitoes on Gilligan's Island. I had how no would idea. You, how would you use that catchphrase? Well, we would use it. It was, it was just a callback to we, we would quote whatever was on after school. Gilligan's Island, The Munsters. We would quote... Uh, mash at night. We 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 had so many quotes uh, from from um, from the monsters who was oh you brought your doggy you know my my the hair on my hand when Herman Munster shook hands uh, Paul Lind took it and said oh you petted it instead and said oh you brought your doggy and 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 Dan Olson Oli would do that to me when seeing me in the hallway he'd say oh you brought your doggy and Bingo Bango Bongo and Irving was another one of those catchphrases and I can't remember the context in which we used it. Um, the band were paid scale for their acting work and chalked the whole experience up as just a bit of fun. Years later, when one of them checked, they found they were owed quite a nice sum for their singing of the theme. As always, can't wait for next week. Kurt, our our uh, our resident photon wrangler, 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 and now also our our, our resident uh, Gilligan's Island uh, font of knowledge. And finally, uh, Dr. Gary Siegel uh, this week uh, sends no salutation. No text. Oh no! He no. He's, he's. Is he upset with us? I don't think he's upset. He he sends. On the contrary, he sends a photograph, a screenshot of uh, of a uh, an Instagram ad, and I've gotten the same Instagram ad. So we might have the same uh, demographic targeting uh, Dr. Siegel and I, uh, both in you know, both of us in sort of life saving professions right. he delivering new life and me giving you something to read on the toilet right okay that okay so um uh, and it, it is a t-shirt the oxford comma appreciation society established 1912 how do you feel about oxford commas rebecca which one's the oxford comma the oxford comma is when you're separating things eats shoots eats comma shoots comma and leaves versus eats shoots and leaves Oh, no, that, that's not, that's I'm, a bad example. Actually, that's a bad example. No, no, What's no, different about the Oxford, the Oxford comma, comma and the non-Oxford comma? You're not supposed to put a comma before the and in in American English. So the the Oxford comma, the non-Oxford ah. comma, would, would be bring home bread, comma cheese and milk. The Oxford comma would be bring home bread, comma cheese, comma and milk. You know, I still when I when I write a sentence like that that has multiple things, I still have to think to myself, does a comma go there? No, because there's an and. But now I know if I wanted to throw one in, I would just call it an Oxford comma and I'd be correct. And, and yet this is on a t-shirt. I, I think it would be better on an Oxford shirt. What, <laughs> what, is the, what does the shirt say again? Oxford comma Appreciation Society established 1912. Do you belong to the Oxford appreciation? Oxford I mean, comma? I appreciate Oxford commas, especially as a reader, but I don't use them as a writer because anytime I would use them, they would be changed. They would have been changed by a, a copy editor, whether in a so book when, or a magazine so piece. When your books are sold in England, do they add the Oxford comma to where? O only, only when they're sold in Oxford, in that town. <laughs> like who uses the Oxford comma? Uh, like, is it something that's used in Europe? 
and not here, or is it just a thing that's used some no, places? I think it's an, it's an English, English, British English. Uh, I, I see it sometimes. I, I see it as a, uh, I mean, as a, when it's an aid to, to um, understanding, you throw it in there. And I can't, I, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but I will give you one right now uh, before we close the show. So the first example that comes up on my uh, on my search is um, why I still use the Oxford comma. With an Oxford comma, it is I had eggs, comma toast, comma and orange juice. And there's a picture of eggs, a picture of toast, and a picture of orange juice. Without the Oxford comma, it is I had eggs, comma toast and orange juice, and it is a guy addressing toast with orange juice on it. So he's telling the, he's telling the toast and orange juice, I had eggs, toast and orange juice. I had eggs, Rebecca. I had eggs. Gotcha. Gotcha. Got it? I understand now, yes. Okay, we're going to have to put a period on the end of this uh, discussion of the can Oxford Can we use comma. an Oxford period? We can use an Oxford period. We could use uh, we could use them both. We could use an Oxford comma with a period. That that makes just a regular semicolon. On that note, Tom, Tom Dick, and Harry. comma, Dick, comma, and Harry. Perfect. I did it. Play us out. <laughs> Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and ambiguous, well, we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.